0: affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Dockatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day.
1: Welcome to the My Essential Birth podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional
0: doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering, online childbirth education course, helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve Achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and
1: beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content and head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. We want to give a shout out to the reviewer of the week, Stephanie, I don't like you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wasser oh,
2: there was a P at the end. Try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Wasser
1: there we go. Feeling so encouraged and informed. First time mom preparing for an unmedicated birth center birth. These ladies are so fun and have helped me feel so prepared for what's to come. My husband and I have enjoyed listening together and are so excited to get enrolled in the birth course Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you ladies do. You are very welcome. And I apologize that we slaughtered whatever your username was. Send us a DM. Tell us us if you
2: did that on purpose. Also, (laughs) I I would love to welcome you into the birth course, but we definitely don't know your name. (laughs) So you're going to have to give us a little shout out and say, hey, you made my review and this is me. I'm in the birth course now.
1: Anyway, we're happy. Thank you for your review. We're glad it's helped you and your husband. And we're wishing you all the best at your birth center birth.
2: Okay, so we thought that a really good topic for you guys would be the stages of labor. And I think this kind of came up because as we were asking the community questions in Instagram and things, a lot of the responses that we were getting back or questions that we get on top of what we're talking about have to do with, but how do I know I'm in this stage or what does this stage look like? And so I think what we want to go over today is just kind of the ideas of, okay, there are different stages of birth and we're going to tell you what those are. And then we want to move you into, like, what is it? What are the signs that I'm in this stage? What you might feel, what you might notice, and and what that looks like. So this episode is going to walk you through what those stages are, and it's going to give you a small view into what's happening during the stages.
1: I think having an overview is super helpful. It'll just help you know how to go with the flow a little more easily. And so why, why
2: do they need to know about these stages, Corp?
1: Well, understanding the stages will help you understand what you'll need during that time period for you, what that'll look like for you on an emotional level, maybe a physical level. Um, It helps you discuss the process with your doctor. So as you learn preferences for a particular stage, so for example, if you learn about second stage and pushing and you're going, you know what, I don't think I'm going to want to push in the traditional position, that's a great thing to bring up then with your doctor. It also helps you to know what to expect throughout labor and for your partner, I'd say this is equally as important, helps them know what to expect and what you will look like through each of those stages. And finally, it'll teach you how to work with your body through each stage, which is like the main goal, right? Get out of the way of your body.
2: Okay. So first stage is actually divided into three kind of sub-stages. So you've got the early first stage, active first stage, and then transition is actually considered part of first stage. Courtney and I really break that up though, especially if you're in the birth course, it has its own section and there's a reason for that and we'll talk to you about it in a bit. But just so that you're aware, there's like an earlier part, of first stage and then you move into a more serious part. So we're going to start with the early first stage and we want to talk to you about what it is. So first of all, with early first stage it means that baby sent the signal to your brain that it's birthing time. In other words, like this is the very first inkling that you're thinking, oh my gosh, this might be the actual thing. Um, what happens is your brain produces Pitocin and that's what causes those contractions. And uh, sometimes it begins with the loss of a bag of waters. So we'll definitely talk about that on another episode. Um, but often it doesn't. And so don't worry or don't think it's not real labor if you don't start with this big gush of water and everyone freaking out.
1: So during this early first stage of labor, your contractions are going to tend to be farther apart. They're more comfortable. You can walk through them. You can talk through them. And so what that means is that we might see contractions that are seven minutes apart. They could be 20 minutes apart. It's it's not super predictable or stable just yet, and that's okay. So some of the things that you may feel or notice during this time is that something may feel just a little off, kind of hard to put your finger on. Maybe you're feeling a little more tired. Maybe you're a little bit more alert. Maybe you're sick, like throwing up. Maybe you've got diarrhea. Isn't that lovely? (laughs) Maybe you're just peeing a lot. I don't know. I've heard women describe it as I just couldn't put my finger on it, but something felt different.
2: Right. And then along with that, like we talked about, once the baby sends that little signal and your body starts producing Pitocin, obviously you're going to feel some tightening or contractions. And I think... At least for me, especially the first time, I remember I got up in the middle of the night like six times. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm peeing so much. (laughs) (laughs) My stomach feels so weird and tight. And it was actually my husband that leaned over and touched my stomach and was like, I think you're having contractions Um, very, very early, right? For stage labor. So, um, but if you notice too that that tightening or that contracting seems to have a pattern, then that's kind of a signal too. If they're coming, the tightening's happening every six minutes. It's not because you're vacuuming the house or, resting and and you're in the same position, but it keeps being really consistent like that, that is a good sign that it's early first stage.
1: Yeah. And for me, I didn't notice the tightening so much as I noticed kind of a little bit crampy, sort of like period cramps that maybe came in a bit of a wave. They would kind of come on and then they would go away. Nothing that I had to work or breathe through, right? Some women also experience this as a back ache, maybe a lower abdomen ache. So it can, it can feel a little different for each woman, but you get the general idea. And it's interesting because as you start to feel these things, you're going to feel excited. You're going to feel a little bit anxious, like, oh my gosh, what if this is it? It's really kind of a fun time.
2: Yeah. And I think, isn't that the number one text that you get from women in labor is like, well, I don't know if I'm in labor, but... I have this like backache and it's kind of wrapping around to the front
1: and it's coming and then it's going <laughs> yeah. and we're always going,
2: yup, yeah, those sound like early contractions. Day. Yeah. But generally I don't, you know, I don't get anybody excited about that too much. I just say, okay, well, why don't you try this or that? And anyways, we, we wait to move into a, a bigger pattern. But um, yeah, that's a really common one, especially the like lower abdominal cramps and the the back reaching around to the front.
1: And you may find yourself too, like suddenly, oh gosh, there were some things I needed to get done. I wanted to go to the store and have this ready. And it's okay to feel that way too. So normally the advice that Steph and I would give to any clients or students in this situation is just go about doing what you would normally plan to do today. If you're if it's in the middle of the night, try to go back to sleep. If it's during the day and you want to go to the store and you're feeling okay, you could do that too. It's up to you. Which is
2: easier said than done, right? Because you're totally like, in your head, you're like, does anyone know I'm in labor? Because I'm in labor. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) I can't go back to sleep. I can't get comfortable. Like, oh my gosh, it's happening. It's so exciting. And that's every single time. It's not like, it's just because you're a first time mom. You know, even my third one, I was like, this is it. I know it's it. I can't sleep.
1: Well, and there's going to be some part of you, especially early on in this early first stage labor, that's still going to be like, but is this the real thing? But is it? And we know that that happens because how many times have couples gone to their birthplace only to be sent away? And (laughs) if that happens to you, don't worry about it. okay. It happens. It's not a big deal. I promise there will come a point in your labor where you go, no, this is definitely it. Yeah,
2: I think you touched on something really important though. And that is like, we have a big disclaimer even within the workbook. And we say it in the course, like it's okay to like get it wrong. It's okay to think you're in labor and go and get checked out and be sent home. It's okay to assemble the birth team at 3 a.m. Like it's okay that you are excited and anxious and you get everything together and things fizzle out. Like it's it's normal. So don't worry about it. Don't stress on that.
1: So what your body is doing during this time is it's it's. Ebbing, it's flowing. It's generally kind of working itself into a pattern that continues with contractions becoming longer, stronger, and closer together. And that's really what we're looking for. When I talk to people, I'm like, well, let's kind of keep an eye on things, you know, go about your normal business. We're looking for contractions that get longer, stronger, closer together, and don't really go away with a change of activity.
2: Yeah. And if contractions aren't consistent or you're feeling pain or discomfort in your back or your labor stops and starts, we're not going to get into all that now. Like, obviously, that stuff that we have um, in the paid course and and things like that. But we we want to make sure to, like, move through this stage kind of quickly. Otherwise, we won't have enough time. This will be
1: a long episode. (laughs) Yes there's many variations of normal in this early first stage of labor. And like Steph said, it's way too much to cover in this episode. So just know that if things aren't progressing in a textbook sort of style, it can be very normal. And there are things you can do to keep that progression happening or to figure out when it's time to rest or course correct. There is that information in the course.
2: All right. So on to the active first stage. So now early first stage is kind of like things are progressing, your contractions are consistent, but they're likely spaced farther apart. Um, You're wondering, if you're in labor, you're excited, you're kind of nervous, maybe, maybe you're gathering things together, maybe you're cleaning your house. This is the like, is it real? Is it really going to happen? And then we move into active. And so let's discuss a little bit about what active is.
1: So at this point, you're not really guessing if this is the real thing anymore. You know that it's the real thing. And at least for me, I knew this through my contractions because I could no longer just keep doing what I was doing through them, (laughs) clean through them, sleep through them. I They were kind of demanding more of my attention. And that was the big like, okay, this is happening moment for me
2: yeah so like Courtney said labor's really kicked in you're ready to get to work so you kind of like tune in you become much more focused you um you kind of move into that like more of a dreamlike state where you're very aware of everything around you however you're also focused inward on mm-hmm. what's happening inside of your body and so um it follows that pattern where contractions continue to get longer stronger closer together um, and it's just more serious so there's maybe not as much giggling or talking in between contractions maybe you find that you need a little bit more hands-on support, or you don't want to be without your partner anymore. Maybe at, at first in early stage, you were texting them and letting them know what's going on. This is the stage where you're like, I don't want to be alone anymore. I need
1: support. And what's neat is that you and baby together are doing this hard work of birth. They're moving further and further down into the birth canal. They're navigating your pelvis. That's, that's really hard work for both of you. And so props to you. Um, some of the things that you may feel or notice is obviously the intensity of contractions is going to increase like we talked about. Um, you'll reach a point, like Steph said, where you don't want to talk in between contractions anymore. In fact, you kind of can't yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, you're tuning in. Which is like,
2: side note, why it's so important for your partner to know what's going on, right? Like, right. Like, to know what you need to have practiced these things. Yeah.
1: And if they know what's going on, they're not going to take things personally. If they ask you a question, it seems like you're kind of ignoring yeah, them, <laughs> right?
2: Mm-mm, mm-mm. Stop talking to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you may feel your baby kind of descending. You may feel your hips opening. You may feel pressure. Pressure in your back or abdomen. Um, You can feel, and what I often felt was sort of like a a pulling or tugging on my cervix.
2: And that's why you really end up needing, like this is the part where like, it's nice to have a trained partner or people around you, your birth support that is very aware of the physical changes that are happening inside of your body so that they can offer that physical support. Now, obviously partners are going to be their emotional support as they should be. Um, even just have, being next to you, holding your hand, loving on you, saying kind things to you. However, when you're talking about a baby descending and your hips opening, the reason that we feel that so heavily is because it feels like everything's kind of being pushed apart as baby's making more room to come down. And so it's really important that you have people around you that should you choose to want physical support, they know how to give it. And this is something that we see really commonly with moms or even like, right when we were like teaching classes in person and and we're like going through the and stuff. Um, or how often have we been at a birth where um, a partner goes to offer support and mom's like, mm, like, no, get off. Yeah. It's not because she doesn't want to be touched necessarily. It might be because you're doing it in the wrong way. And so it's really important to practice those things prior and know where to put your hands, know where the pressure is going to be, know to follow that baby down almost into like her like buttocks, you know, like as baby descends where you're going to have to be pressuring. But that counter pressure is so helpful and so good for mom, um, that it it really helps to have a partner that is well-versed in them.
1: So because you're in this sort of dreamlike state, you're you're aware of things, but you're really tuned inward and focused on what's happening with your body, like Steph said, you're very susceptible to suggestion. And this can work both ways, right? This means that if you're surrounded by a really incredible birth team who's encouraging you to move the way your body tells you to move, you can do this, you're doing amazing, everything's progressing as it should, then that's going to be a huge help to you. However, if you find yourself in a birthing (laughs) environment where they're going, you know, I just don't think you're progressing fast enough. And do you want me to get that anesthesiologist yet? And we need you back in the bed. You can see how those suggestions, even if those things weren't really part of your goal for birth or part of your birth plan, you might, you're in a really vulnerable position and you're, you might be willing to go, oh yeah. Okay.
2: You know how you're like, people are talking to you and you're responding in your head. But you're like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you're, you're in a whole, like you've had the the entire experience and you've had the conversation. It's just that not everybody hears it.
1: Anyway, so just be cognizant again of who you are surrounding yourself with in this moment. Um, sometimes you can be having conversations in your head with people without actually responding to them out loud. You can, if you're like me, you're like, if I, Think this hard enough, they will understand. <laughs> they will
2: hear me. Michael will know what I am thinking and he will react accordingly. That's not real though. So, which is why it's so important to have people around you that can kind of like feed off your energy and figure out what's going on. But yeah. All right. Some things that we're not going to cover here in this episode, um, but definitely do occur during these stages, are things like natural stalls, hormones, and how they affect things. um, Details of assessing progress, because it's different than just a vaginal exam, obviously. Um, We're not going to go over right now like our top positions for first stage, but just know that there are positions that you can use for this stage for sure. And then um, details of relaxation, because really, like the main part of of all this, what's interesting, I think, is switching from first stage to second stage, which is second stage is pushing is first stage you're getting out of the way of your body and like how to do that. And it's, it is muscle memory. It's something that you have to practice and learn. And some, I would say some women totally like that's just the way that they are. And without any kind of information, that's how they would react. The majority of us are not like that. We need to know how to relax. We need to know, um, using muscle memory, what are the different tools we have for relaxation? So, uh, just know that those are other things that definitely you should, you should go over and things that, for example, aren't covered in the birth course, but those are part of what happens in that first stage.
0: affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's
1: Day. All right, transition. This happens towards the end of first stage, the first stage of labor. It's that transition period between first stage and second stage. We've already done an incredible podcast episode about transition. We really would refer you to that. But to recap what it is, it's this final stretching of your cervix to complete dilation. Um, So sometimes you'll hear people in a medical setting say, she's complete. That's what they're referring to. Or your 10 centimeters. Or your 10 centimeters. They use the two interchangeably. Yes. But the contractions become really close together. I mean, sometimes you're not getting a break. Sometimes you right. finish one and another one's starting. Sometimes right. they double peak, which is like, come on, mean. man.
2: It's mean. <laughs> it is. Let's just call it how it is. Yeah, but it is where it's like, okay, like because as you go through first stage, especially that early, even parts of active, like you feel it, like we talked about the ebb and flow. You feel the contraction rising, you feel it come down, and it usually lets go. And you can get into a
1: rhythm. Yes.
2: Transition is kind of like, it's okay, you peaked, it's coming down, and it doesn't completely let go, and it's back on. And so you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting a break. I'm so tired. I can't do this, right? Yep.
1: So if we're comparing it to early first stage and active first stage and... Sometimes pushing, it often is the shortest part of birth and the most challenging part of birth, right? Like you're summiting the peak. This is that that last push to get there. And so some of the things that you may feel are noticed are that, like Steph said, you might feel overwhelmed. I I don't know if I can keep doing this. Tired? Scared? like you're not getting a break and you
2: have that intense stretching of the cervix right like you had talked about earlier you can feel that stretch and I, this is where i felt it for sure i was like oh my gosh like how i sounded and my contractions sounded different because of how it felt downstairs um and along with that we won't get into all of it but like the nausea or like i'm cold and i'm hot and and we did a whole thing about this but like the importance of surrender like this is the part where it is time to you have to like give in and let go There is something that changes here that if you fight it, makes it more difficult. And when you release and you surrender, that final push, that final stretch that moves into those explosive contractions. Yeah.
1: If you can even feel gratitude for this, I'm thankful for this. Yes. Let's finish this. I trust. Did you have gratitude during your (laughs) transition? Nope. I'm (laughs) saying if you can have that. (laughs) If. <laughs> I love that. No, nope, it yeah. wasn't in the moment. Um, maybe, maybe it would be different now with all the mindset yeah, work. Right. I wasn't into mindset work when I had my babies, not to the point that I am yeah, now. Sure, sure. And I wonder what kind of an impact that would have. But it is time to surrender and to let go. And if you can manage it, even welcome all these sensations of what you're feeling. So if you're in the birth course, you're going to want to check out class three, lesson three. This is going to give you lots of great information about what to do here. Um, pages 56 through 59 of the workbook are going to give you the birth progression cheat sheet. These this is are like probably, my favorite. yes, I was going to say this so is my good. favorite part of the entire workbook. Why don't you tell us why you love it, Steph? Okay, so it's
2: broken up into these sections and it, it is, it's a cheat sheet. It's like a, it's a massive guide that tells you like, okay, here's for each section, like when you're in early, when you're in active, this is what it looks like. And I really love it because not just for moms, which I, I love it for me, but I love that you can, here's here's the book partner and guess where she's at. And so it shows like the breakdown of the physical signs and what her contractions are doing. And so what is her mental and emotional state during that time or details about what's happening inside and how your partner can support you and even the essential oils that you can use. But the reason that I find it so good is because when we talk about like these averages or the way that birth progresses in such a like first it does this and then it does this. Okay. Well, in real time, in real life, it's kind of all jumbled together sometimes. And so you have to be able to look at all of the information. Like if you're, if the only thing you're going off of, which this is what drives me crazy about hospital births. If the only thing you're going off of is mom's dilation and maybe her contractions, that's not enough. You're missing so much. You're missing it. You have to see how she's reacting to things, how she's talking or not talking to you. Is she tuned in? Is she having a hard time or is she moving? through it easily. There's so much more that happens during that time that tells you really where she's at and where she's at for one mom could be different than another. For example, if you have a mom that's at four centimeters and she's handling things really well versus a mom at four centimeters, that's really having a hard time. It can actually mean either baby's position needs to like, she needs some help with positioning. She needs to be up and moving, or it could mean She's
1: heading into transition.
2: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, she's not handling it well, or it doesn't look like she's handling it well because she's about to have this massive switch that moves her into time to push. So anyways, it, there's it's really important to understand the whole picture.
1: And we talk about seeing these things and observing her. And one of the things that I love that we included, and maybe it's because they're pictures of me, but <laughs> it's, what, it's a picture of what a woman in this particular stage of labor, you know, each stage of labor will kind of look like. So if you know that your partner is a very visual person they'll start to recognize, oh, hey, I remember she's looking like that picture. We must be in transition or right. this must be active first stage. So I think that can be really helpful too. Yeah. I think what's fun is we've heard
2: several students now that have said, we brought the book with us and we used that portion of it. Like it mm-hmm. was really helpful. You know, my, my husband used it and we really liked having it. So, which I thought was fun and kind of funny because bringing a workbook with you, but I right. love it. And Nerd. it's useful. Just kidding. We By love that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure.
1: All right. So transition has led you to be 10 centimeters dilated. You're complete. Baby is in a position where you have entered second stage. And this is kind of dubbed the pushing stage. And it we've talked about this before in other episodes too, but it doesn't always mean that it's time to start pushing, but, but you could, right? This is when pushing happens.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a whole not to get into that now, but you can actually be incomplete and push to complete. But I'm not going to get into it because <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff. There there's that some goes nuance there, yeah. yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, we actually just got some questions in Instagram about pushing specifically, and and about this Ferguson reflex or the fetal ejection reflex. And the question was kind of around: Do I have to push? And so, not to get into too much of that, but what changes things once you're complete and baby moves down they hit that reflex, which is what changes your contractions from how they felt prior to being expulsive, where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm bearing down or my body is telling me to push. I can't help it. I'm grunting. Right. We actually had somebody who had mentioned, you know, um, my doula said, you don't push at all. You don't have to. Your body will do it, which is true. But there's nothing wrong in listening to your body. A lot of women find power over their body by listening to that And taking control of that situation by pushing. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. I
1: loved pushing. It felt like I was finally getting to do something. It felt good to me. And I think that it's really unique for each individual. If you choose not to push, that's fine. Your baby's still going to make their exit. But if your body is telling you to do that and we're telling you to tune into your body, I don't think it's wrong to push, if that makes sense.
2: No, it's absolutely the correct thing to do. (laughs) So uh, I'm with core and I'm I'm with, I mean, whatever feels right to you, that's what you do. I think the important part of that is making sure that you have the ability to listen to your body, meaning you have freedom of movement and a birth team that's going to support you along the way. Um, The other thing that we see during the second stage or pushing is those contractions that felt so intense and you're never going to get a break, they space out again. So it's really common for contractions that were coming every two minutes, lasting a minute to a minute and a half to space back out to four, five, six, even seven minutes in between contractions, which is great because it gives you a break. It allows your body to um, kind of get back on top of itself and take some breaths and be prepared for the work at hand. And you kind of get that second wind when it's pushing time. And, you know, funny enough, you also can sleep in between contractions. So it's kind of, it's an interesting time, but just where you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't complete it. All of a sudden it feels very different.
1: Yeah, you get that burst of energy or who knows, maybe you're totally exhausted and you're resting like stuff said in between contractions. But women often describe this or notice that they feel like they have the urge to poop. That's just because of where baby is in the birth canal and the things that they're pressing up against. They're hitting um, the
2: same eject button. <laughs> that exactly. Tells you to get poop. me yes.
1: out. Um, you're going to feel an urge to push. We can often hear that in a mom as she's doing these contractions. Um, You may have a desire to change positions. If you were kind of resting before or suddenly you might feel like you want to get upright, a little more upright, that's okay. Um, Like Steph said, you can sleep between contractions. And the pattern that we often see for this second stage of labor is as, let's say that, you know, the urge to push is finally coming at the beginning of contractions, not just the peak. And so you begin to actively push or you're definitely pushing, we'll see that baby sort of does two steps forward and one step back. So you'll push and we'll start to see a little bit more of the head, a little bit more of the head, and then it'll be like they <laughs> suck back yes. up in a little bit. And it's annoying, but it's it, so rude. It's okay. It's yeah. part of the process. Right.
2: And I think that's something to pay attention to as well, especially... I shouldn't say especially, but I feel like I do see it more with women who birth at the hospital and Mm -hmm. have people, you know, cheering them on and encouraging them and telling them to push and keep pushing and keep pushing. It is because haven't you seen like where a mom is like she's hit those two steps forward and they're like okay okay now like keep going keep going because we don't want baby to go back in and it's like but it's okay if they do yeah I don't know so I I would just say like listen to your body if you need to take that break it's okay to let baby come back they're still gonna make their way out but take take the breaths as you need them
1: and there's definitely some guidance to be had here where it's not just tune into your body there are some things that you're gonna want to know like when it's time to push effective pushing techniques techniques. So how to push cues from your body and really the best pushing positions and how to do them. And again, we're not going to get into those things here. We do cover those in the course. And um, sometimes we talk about them from time to time on Instagram. But um, anyway, for the sake of time, we're going to move on to the third stage. Okay. So third
2: stage has to do with the birth of the placenta. So what is that? literally the placenta is detaching from the uterine wall and it's born after baby. And there's all kinds of variations of this, but the normal way for this to happen would be that baby is born, that uterus keeps contracting, which, right, we don't expect like babies born. Why are there contractions? Um, but it's it's detaching that placenta from the uterine wall. And then the placenta is born shortly after.
1: So what you may feel or notice during this time, well, first of all, you're probably going to be distracted with your baby. Yeah. And that's okay, <laughs> right? All the focus and attention you've been building up for this moment um, is, but if we're, like, aware of what your body's doing, then you might feel some pressure and fullness. I really only noticed this right as it was coming out of me, right? And my mm-hmm. my provider would give me a heads up, like, you're probably going to feel some fullness right now. That's okay. That's just your placenta. And I was, again, you know, nuzzling and cuddling my little baby and be like, okay. And there'd be like a little oomph, and then it would be born. So did
2: it Okay, so for me, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to birth another baby.
1: And then it was fine. Really? But did it feel like that at all to you or no? I mean, it didn't feel like nothing, but for me, it didn't feel like. Having a baby come out, I think. I okay. don't know for me, I was like, a baby just came through there. I could probably have something oh my gosh, smaller <laughs> come through and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. The wave's been, yeah, the way has been cleared and paved. I was know? like,
2: they're saying to me out loud that it's not gonna feel the same and it's gonna be okay. And, and i anyways, and it happens so fast. It's like, oh my gosh, the pressure, the fullness, and it's done. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal at all. Not but I was deal. like, oh dang. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting to feel that.
1: Now, Steph said this is how third stage goes if left on its own. But what we often see is that sometimes providers want to take a more... Active management of third stage. And so that can cause a little bit of variation in, you know, maybe how quickly your placenta is delivered and things like that. I will
2: say for moms, especially who have planned an unmedicated birth and have had one um, in a hospital setting or at a birth center, um, I feel like it does happen again, a little more quickly at the hospital, but even moms who've had an unmedicated birth, they come in with the Pitocin. It's that active management of third stage and like they pop it in the thigh or, you know, if you have an IV, they put it in the IV. And I think moms are like, oh, whoa, wait, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I I said unmedicated. I don't want any medication. And, um, we want to stress that there's not necessarily one right way to do this. It has to do with preference of the provider and their comfort level and preference for you. And so definitely a conversation to have prior to the birth. Um, But if it is something important to you, then it is a conversation that you need to have with your provider and then making sure that it's on your birth plan so that everyone involved understands that that that's important to you. And there's other natural ways to to go about it as well. I've seen midwives um, in hospital and obviously out of hospital who use pieces of the placenta in the cheek if you're comfortable with that because it has a ton of oxytocin or pitocin within um, the placenta that can help slow everything down. So it just, again, preference and and what your provider does.
1: Yeah, I think we do all this planning. All this planning goes into planning for the birth, preparing for the birth. And then a lot of times women in their mind have like a mental cutoff, like the minute baby's born, I'm not super worried about all these other things, but there are still lots of decisions and options and choices to be had for third stage and for newborn procedures and and for your postnatal care. So just keep that in mind. There's so much to learn and we're happy to help you learn those things. All right. So now that you have an idea what first, second, and third stage look like,
2: And fourth trimester is a whole different thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) So now that you know what those things look like, we really want to encourage you to go back and visualize again. Like we've said before, what does your birth experience look like? Who's around you? Where are you giving birth? What does it feel like? What decisions do you have? What positions are you using? Um, What does the room smell like? Is it light or dark? Is your partner there? They better be. Um, Right? All (laughs) of that stuff, just walking yourself through that and then back to like, just thinking of like what we just went over and how important it is for you to be able to advocate for yourself or to have support. It's really like bringing home that idea of setting up your birth team, which I'll put a link to the show notes about how to create your dream birth team. But our number one thing, you guys, and you know, if you follow us, we say it, gosh, every other episode, Uh your provider is going to make the biggest biggest amount of impact in your birth space. And so if you are not on the same page as your provider, when you're thinking about what it's going to look like to move through these stages and what you want that to look like for you, then it's time to have those hard conversations. And we want to encourage you to do that.
1: Not to steal Burger King's tagline, but it's your birth (laughs) and you can have it your way. love it all right mamas we will be back with more tips and advice soon in the meantime be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes and
0: don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you